Welcome back to Bible study. I think it's number seven of the study of the book of Jonah. We've reached chapter four. I'm joined by John Campbell and Derek Walker. Thank you. Thank you, both of you, for being, well, seven's an important number. We won't go into that. <laughs> and uh, here we are. We've reached chapter four. Derek, you're going to read the whole chapter, and then John will pray. Might, might I suggest you yes. start at the verse before chapter? It, it, of course. Oh. Three, the last verse. It you can suggest anything. We're, no. Whether or not we... Well, you don't know. Take I, will, it. Really it. I will obey. I will <laughs> obey. So starting in chapter three, verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade until he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm, and, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it, and it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it's better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, um, oh, excuse me, is it right for you to be angry about this plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not laboured, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than a hundred and twenty thousand persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? The end. <laughs> the end, yes. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that you lead us by your spirit through the word. Let us discern what you're saying and let us be able to share it with our viewers in ways that they need to hear. Lord, we ask that you be exalted in all that we do, that the name of Jesus be upheld, that the revelation of Jesus in these words be made and be clear and be wholesome and be glorifying. Bless us, I pray, Lord, and bless those at home who are watching. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, that, my, my scripture just says, Jonah's anger and God's kindness, which made me think of that book that said, sin is in the hands of an angry God. 
But this is completely <laughs> saying it the other way around. Exactly. It's Edwards. It's saying God is Jonathan the Edwards. Yes, John, right. Jonathan Edwards, was it? Of course it is. In the hand that's of the one. God. That's yeah. the one. So, um, and that's our sort of mindset that, oh, yes, it's the wrath of God that needs to be, you know, that's, yeah. that's the real issue. And yet, here, it shows some real kindness. And Jonah's the one who's angry. Yes. But, I, I, but we come right back to the beginning, haven't we, of Jonah, where, where, you know, Jonah didn't want to go because he knew this was going to happen. Yes. There was, no, there was no lack of belief in Jonah, was there? It was just, mm. he, but he knew God exactly. so well, yeah. Yes. This is it, the, the, the Hebrew is, it, <clears throat> I, I didn't translate this myself, I picked it up from somebody else, but in verse 4-1 where it says, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, the, he, the Hebrew is quite dramatic. It says, it was evil to Jonah as a great wrong. That's yeah. how he saw it. Yeah. That's what the Hebrew says, which is extraordinary in the light of his personal experience and what he's just witnessed, yeah. that he was so angry and he is i mean completely upside down yeah he's, he's still out of tune with god because it's it's funny that the moment that in a sense god was angry with their sin but then when they re repented god stopped being angry yeah. and now it's jonah's turn to be angry. angry so he's kind of he's still out of tune with god if you like um you would have thought from his prayer that he was in tune but but it's, you it's know, a event. complex character, I think, yes, and uh, sometimes we can kind of <coughs> get right in one area, but there can there the, here God got him into obedience previously, but there's still God is also interested in our heart, mm. and there was still a bit of work that God needed to do on on Jonah's heart yeah. attitude. Yeah. as it were. So we're all needing on, right. ongoing... That's the point, tuning. isn't it? And, and it does, the, the Bible doesn't hide over the failings of some of these great characters. Mm. And Elijah, you know, got, got pretty depressed after you would have thought, after the triumph of, the, of Carmel, Mount Carmel, and calling down the fire, that you would have thought that we, we would have a good, nice end to the story, but it doesn't work <laughs> like that, and with many of them. Yeah. No. Noah with others. And I remember once meeting, a, a, a chatting with a Muslim chap who's a bit of a scholar and, you know, talking about the difference between Christianity and Islam. And, and, and he said, uh, what I can't understand is why, and, uh, in other words, part of the argument for the Bible not being believable is why, you know, the prophets are so dishonoured. And I said, well, because it's a true narrative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hiding it. And that's, that's what the Bible does. It doesn't set Jonah up. It's, it's, it's revealing who God is. Yes. Jonah 4 really is a big sign that it's a true story because yeah. if somebody sat down to kind of make up an interesting story, yeah. you know, you, you just wouldn't write Jonah 4. I mean, no. you'd finish it at the end of Jonah 3. Exactly. It's like a, a great story, a great exactly. finish with a great success, perfect way to end that particular story, and yet... Chapter 4 can't be explained except it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it must be Jonah's, <coughs> Jonah's perception of, of God and who he is and how that perception had been moulded 
by historical Jewish understanding of who God is and, and, and how God was theirs and they were God's and he didn't belong to anybody else. Except he created the heavens and the earth and everybody in it, but that doesn't mean he was allowed to have anything to do with them. So he's, he's having to, it's not just a personal prejudice, this is deeply ingrained in his whole cultural belief and attitude. So, you know, it, we say he's angry, but he was struggling. And, and I, I, well, I can, I, I, this has just come to me, so I like to think it's the Lord. I, I'm reminded of Paul on the road to Damascus, um, going, breathing fire and thunder to go and arrest Jews, and, uh, arrest Jews who come to Christ and possibly execute them. Um, and the Lord says to him, Saul or Paul, Paul, why do you kick against the traces? And what te that tells me is Paul has been under conviction yes. for a long time. He's been struggling. He's been having this argument with himself probably for weeks, if not longer than that, because he's seen the truth. He watched Stephen. He knows things. And, and, and as yes. so people so often do when mm. they're confronted with truth, they dig in where they are. Yeah. And Paul was digging in. Mm. And, and of course, the Lord said, knew that. He said, why are you kicking against traces? Give in. It's this subtext which is yeah. there. And I think this is exactly the same that's going yeah. on Very here. good. Mm. Very good. Exactly. So there's another thing from what the Lord said to Paul, which, which in one sense, you know, it's not just incidental, you know, just finishing off the story of Jonah. There's something for us. Yes. And with Paul, it was Saul. Yeah, that's how it was. Uh, yeah. it, it was, why do you persecute me? Yes. And never forget Lance Lambert saying, you know, that, that Paul then had a revelation of the body of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, you know, in the human sense, he was persecuting different individuals in different towns. Um, uh, uh, but the Lord said, they're part of my body. Mm. Yes. You're actually, it's not just you're, you're persecuting um, my toe. You know, you're persecuting me. So when you attack one part, you're attacking me mm. as a whole. And I thought, and that just made me think. Yes. It came to me just as it came to you. That yes. That's, yes. It, it wasn't just, oh, that's the story of Ananias, you know, no. as it were, coming to, to, to meet with him, you know, on the the street called straight and oh it's just a storyline there's a lesson for us yes from it yeah so what's our lesson here from from jonah the, the, for me this one one aspect is we we see that he's human and we identify with it but um and the other one i've forgotten and i'll remember it after, <laughs> after a bit more. there was there was another aspect to that to why why um we we have that, but I've forgotten what I was going to say. So, well, I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but yeah. um, we can see in this as, as that Jonah is a bit of a type of Israel, mm. and that's one reason why he writes this final chapter against yeah. himself in a way, because he reflects Israel's mm. attitude, and um, and and so yes, they they tended to like it's our God, <laughs> and uh, not much of a heart of compassion. For the Gentiles, mm. and and so God is trying to teach him compassion mm. for for the outsiders as well, mm. and it's interesting that again we see this prof prophetic uh, picture. The whole book is a type of Christ: his death, three days, three nights, his resurrection, and then after his resurrection, after those forty 
that you know the, the, the gospel now goes out to the Gentiles. But Israel's a bit re reluctant. The, the, the Holy Spirit has to really overcome that reluctance, and we see that come to pass in the book of Acts. You know, that initially, this is, this is our Messiah, yes. this, you know, yes. and, and Jesus, it takes a bit of time for, to turn their attention outwards to the whole world and say, no, this isn't just for you, this is... Yes. And so Jesus, big emphasis is that this now has got to go to all the Gentiles too and to get the apostles really to focus on the whole world. Yeah. And, um, and the, in a way, this is a mirror of that. Mm -hmm. Jonah is like Israel, kind of, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle yeah. to actually change the mentality to yeah. realize this is, this is that God is for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And <coughs> what, what does distinguish Jonah is this, this sort of familiarity with the Lord. That, that, that he, he mm. it's, it's almost, you know, it's not blasphemous, but, it's, but it, there is, a, 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 you could say, how arrogant that you can talk to God like that. Well, I think it's, it's, if you are upset with God, and I always tell people, you know, it's just silly to blame God, really, and yes. have an argument with God. But the good thing about Jonah here is, yes, he is genuinely upset. Yeah. But he does give it to God. He does That's talk right. to God. So he's not, he, he knows he's not sort God. of dissing God to others. He's actually no. talking directly to God. Yeah. He, knows, he probably knows he's wrong, but he, he, yeah. he, he brings it to God. He, he does know he's wrong because in verse 2 he, he really admits it. He says that um, he's displeased. And he says, so he, he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Well, that's straight out of Exodus 34, mm. 6. And that's why some people suggest this whole thing is midrash, that it's, a, it's a, 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 um, an expounding of, of Exodus 34, mm. verse 6, the mm. whole thing. Yeah. And you can see that argument. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, but it isn't, it actually happened. It, yeah. it, it, that's right, it did, it did, it did actually happen. Yeah. And, and this is the struggle that's going, going yeah. on in, yeah. in, in, in Jonah now, because he knows his scriptures, he knows this is so, mm. Um, mm. but he just can't reconcile it within himself. He just, uh, it's a real problem. He can't, because he no. wants to take his life. Yeah. Um, just, uh, it needs to be really dug into this because it seems so counter to normal or normal reaction. You can kind of speculate why did Jonah do that? Because it, I like it's one of a number of buts. You know, God tells yeah. Jonah go here, but Jonah decides yeah. otherwise. And here again, yeah. God decides to forgive them, and but Jonah. Yeah. And but why would he feel so strongly? Is a, is a is a big big challenge and. You know, people have different ideas, but um, I, you know, one possibility is that, uh, or part of the answer might be, that he had prophesied this wonderful positive prophecy to Jeroboam, who was actually an evil king. But yeah. God is saying, oh, "I'm going to bless you, and you're, you're going." Let's it, just refresh because it was a few weeks ago. Let's read that again, can we? In, in yeah, I think it's in two Kings. Yeah. Um, is it fourteen? Sorry, I. I didn't have it in front of me. Uh, no, I've, I've got a note. Yes, 14. Yeah. Kings 14, yes. Yeah, this is probably as the king comes to the throne, he makes this amazing prophecy that God's going to 
give him great success. Yeah. And in fact, Jeroboam II was the most powerful of the northern kings. Um, in the 15th year, verse 23, of, the, of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. Mm. So God's really blessed him. Yeah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not depart from all the sins of the previous Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He, and he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Ar Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, yeah. son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hepha. Mm -hmm. So, it, and then the next verse says it's simply out of God's mercy. Yeah. So Jonah prophesied before, and God was blessed this king, and yet this king did not repent. And he abused God's mercy yeah. and presumed on God's mercy. And yeah. Jonah, one possibility is Jonah's thinking, oh, there's just the same thing's going to happen That's again. Yeah, I've got They're that. kind of pretend, making a shallow repentance. Yeah. God's going to forgive and bless. Yeah. And before you know it, yeah. they'll be back to their old ways yeah. and they're going to destroy Israel. And yeah. I mean, that's so how good. How much better would it be exactly. if God would give an example yeah. and blast Nineveh out of existence? Yeah. That will be a lesson to the rest of Assyria and that surely that's a, a better yeah. way to go. So, so basically, <laughs> Jonah, you could see this was going to happen. He's, he's, he's already seeing that Nineveh is going to yeah. act as the others. So at this point in time, he thought, I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going yeah, to I told you this so, Lord. loop again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah. He's definitely very emotional, isn't he? He is a yeah. real he's like, character. He's either going to die or he's going Yeah, he is you know, a real character. Um, but, so he went uh, out of the city and he sat on the east side. And he basically just found his little place to be miserable. I think he preached for the, for the 40 days. Yeah. I think it does say, you know, that it was a, he did a three-day... The city was a three-day journey, but it can simply mean that, this, that that's the size of the city. It, yeah, it kind of took three days yeah. for him to, to cover all the key spots in the city. Yeah. But I do think he did preach for the 40 days. Mm. Um, and then after that, he withdrew because naturally just in case God was going to bombard the city, he wouldn't want to be inside it. <laughs> he's going to now come out and just see, and yeah. he sees their repentance and he thinks, oh, yeah. God might forgive them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he's waiting to see what God will do, or he's thinking maybe after a few days they'll go back to their old ways and then God will yeah. send the destruction. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's still in that, very much in that mindset when he's sitting there, that God still has to do a work in Jonah. Yes. Which is, is um, I mean, it's quite a story, isn't it? I, um, I asked a missionary friend of mine who is a missionary from our church, and, and he actually teaches missions in Bible schools, mm -hmm. you know. And I said to him, I know Jonah's an important book for missionaries, you know, because it's all about God's heart to reach the world, mm. you know, with the mm. gospel. And, of course, the book of Jonah mm. is very important for that. Well, you know, are there any special insights you might have from Jonah? And he said something that was quite interesting. He said, you know, for a one-off campaign, it, Jonah's heart wasn't quite there in terms of compassion for those people. That's 
I think the main message here. And, and, and he said, and God could still use him in a one-off campaign, mm. you know, even though that was the case. But he said it would be very hard for a missionary to continue a ministry, you know, if he didn't have a heart for those people. You know, if he had that kind of heart, yeah. hard heart to the people, but just obeying God, that's fine for a one-off campaign, but he couldn't really expect to have an ongoing ministry. Yeah. And one possibility is that actually Jonah, God was calling Jonah to do follow-up yeah. and, and visit, and there, there's evidence yeah. for that. Yeah. And that God needed to deal with Jonah's heart yeah. to, so that he has God's heart. Yeah. It's one thing to be obedient, but it's another thing to actually have God's heart. That's right. That's right. That's and that's right. where... So can we, can we, you know, dare I say, go into it back to what I was saying about the, the you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God. Can we, can we unpack that a little theologically? The heart of God. The heart is, is a very big point because it's, you know, we have... Um, God's great plan that we often talk about for humanity, you know, for salvation, for redemption. But, you know, there's quite a lot that don't, don't respond to him, uh, you know. And it, where, where is God's responsibility? Where is well, his Well, perhaps, perhaps it's even higher than we might think <clears throat> in the sense that we tend to think it's all about us. Um, but it's actually all about Jesus and his sacrifice and his blood mm. and how God the Father sees that. Mm. And, and, and God stands outside time, of course, so the fact it's future and the fact that it's also past before the foundation of the world, it, therefore it exists in eternity. Mm. And, and all, all this, what's going on, is like a rejection. God's great heart is to the honouring of the blood of his son, the fullness of that sacrifice, the obedience unto death, and, and if this isn't happening, if it's, it, it, well, if it's, it's not, it, it's just not happening. And so the, the, the heart of sinners, or, or rather the heart of, say, what's it, the Edwards book called? The, the sinners, sinners in, in the hands of an angry God. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. What is God's anger? Yes, ultimately it's the sin, but it's the rejection and the abuse and the failing to honour mm. the blood beyond price, because the value of the blood is in the life that, that it carries. So the value, as I heard somebody say, of a chicken is not very great because, you know, the blood of a chicken is not very great, but the blood of the creator of the heavens and the mm. earth, this blood which has been poured out for mankind is being abused, not being honoured. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe this is why God is angry. Mm. Um, it's more than just being angry with the individuals. It's, it's the rejection mm. of this superlative gift, which has power beyond anything we can think or imagine. You know, when you come back to Revelation 12, 4, is it, or 12, 9, I, anyway, um, you know, that the, they conquered, they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death, which means it can be a long fight. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going off subject here. No, you're not. It, it can be a long fight, even unto death, but the victory is still assured. Yeah. The blood of the Lamb will never, yeah. ever, yeah. ever fail. Yeah. Um, and we just have to stand there toe to toe 
Yeah. Trusting uh, in the Lord, the blood of the Lamb. You know, I tell people, can Psalm I read 90. a scripture? Because it's in, it's in Romans. It's exactly what yeah. you say. Okay. Well, you know, when, when it says, but now in Romans 3, but now a righteousness of God, yeah. apart from the law, has been revealed to which yeah. the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And then it says, through faith in um, uh, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Yes. Um, and I wanted to ask about this because the, we talk about the wrath of God, and I just remember these little things yeah. from being a kid. The difference between expiation and propitiation. Propitiation. So, and so the you know, expiation being, as it were, wiping away of our sins, but propitiation is, as it were, a wiping away of God's wrath. Yes, yes, that's right. And, I, I, and, and there are and so we are peace with God, as Romans 5 Some starts. translations put it as propitiation, some put expiation. And I was told, oh, different. no, no, it should be propitiation. Yeah, they're, 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 because the real problem is not the sin, it's, it's the yeah. wrath of God. Mm. Yes. And that, that, that verse you read yes. is, um, I think you said atonement. That's right. So that's, that's the word propitiation. Exactly. exactly. So I, this is my um, new international version, which is like... Yes. It's in English <laughs> compared to some of the versions. But yes, it says yeah. it's, it's as a, a sacrifice of atonement. And what does it say in... Um, it's propitiation. Yeah, but just read out the full verse. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so, um, it's Romans 3.25. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Starts at 21. It's not that expiation is wrong. No. It's, no, it's, a, different, it it's a different it aspect. It doesn't cover the... No, whole, that's right. The whole truth. I, you know, I fancy God. if you could read it from 21, that would, okay. that would be the King James version compared to what I recited. Yeah. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation uh, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance or long-suffering, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed, yeah. to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Yeah. So something from our passage in Jonah is talking about this, this uh, what yes. Paul is explaining Yes. Theologically, what yes. is happening? And, and what is God doing? Yeah, what is God doing? And, and of course, we know the authority for the salvation of, the, of, of these Ninevites is the, the, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. That, that, there's there's the question. legal authority for it. So, by the way, it's worth just and not all the Old that, Testament. Because I'm often thinking same that way. Yeah, I'm often thinking, John, about people that are watching. And uh, so we've, we've rattled through a few things here. But they would be thinking, you know, well, how could. What about all the people who died before Jesus? And, they're all saved. And by all the, the people in the world saved, who don't know about Jesus. All saved by the blood of Christ. And it's, you've said it a couple of times, the fact that God is outside time. Yes. And yet he intervened at that point in time. Yes. Not because he, you, he was bound to. It was yeah. for our sake. Yes. And for the, the sake of the revelation well, of Israel it, leading it, up to it. It is, it is for our sake, but it also sense in which it's for God's sake. Yeah. It was the only thing, the blood of his son, which could wipe away his anger. That's right, but I mean in terms of timing. Oh yeah, in terms of God, timing. But for our sake, yes. it was, the timing was perfect. That yes. passage does imply 
that um, the blood applies to people before the cross. God yes. can yes. do that. It, it, yes. Because it, he looked unrighteous in not punishing the sins of people before. Yeah. Because of his long suffering, he held his judgment back. Yeah. And, but had he not, but what made everything righteous was that, was the cross. Yeah. That on the cross, That's right. Jesus bore not just our sin, but he bore God's punishment for that sin, God's wrath upon that sin. Yeah. And then that, now everything's righteous. So yeah. what Jesus did on the cross actually goes back in time as well as forward mm. in time. Mm. He dealt with the sins of the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Once for all, all eternity. Yeah. So there is the wrath of God. Some people don't like to talk about it, but um, you know, propitiation is, is at the heart of the gospel. Mm. Um, if it, uh, the, the fact that our sins, and this is the biggest problem the human race has, our sins cause all kinds of problems, but the worst problem is that it puts us under the wrath of God. Yeah. Yeah. But thank God that the wrath of God is not the, how can I say, you've got to hold two things together. One is the love of God, and also his holiness, his holy wrath against sin. But the dominating thing if, is the love of God. Yeah. Because in his love, he, prov he provided a way in which his wrath could be satisfied yeah. by putting, substituting himself yeah. as the one who would bear the wrath upon himself so that we could... So in a sense, his love is the thing he, he wants to express his love. But if somebody rejects that, he has no choice by his righteousness to express his anger. So they're, they're both there. You have the to interesting thing is you've said a couple of times that it's his wrath against, I would say wrath, um, <laughs> against sin. Yes. So, but again, people watching, you know, who don't know the Lord, they're, they're, they always think, oh, God is sort of sticking needles into people. Um, but it's a wrath against sin mm. as yes. opposed to just sort of capriciously, yes. you know, sadistically yes. punishing yes. people. And let us be quite clear, yes. as we, we alluded to, I think it was last week, it might have been the week before, um, that sin is in the world because of the fall, and the fall is directly attributable to Satan. And Satan now is in the world with his demonic powers running the show, and we are under that influence, and that's what Lord is angry about. It's not so much us individually, he's giving us an escape route and he's in the process um, going to defeat Satan once for all. I, I'd just like to read from Exodus 24, 6, because this is something that might have passed some people by. Exodus 24, 6, and Moses took, it, it just, Moses sends off a couple of chaps to do some burnt offerings and some peace offerings, and now Moses is standing there with the blood. By the way, a single cow on average produces 10 gallons of blood. Let's say you can get 80% of it out. So each animal, it varies from breed to breed, I'm being general, but to give you an idea of the volume of blood, eight gallons per animal. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of blood. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Well, that story gradually yeah. unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant 
which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So there we have something that looks straight back to the Last Supper. But the important point is that Moses took half the blood and put it on the altar, half for God, half for the people. And the cross is like the great thing that joins the two together. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's awesome absolutely awesome we tend to forget the half that was put on the altar that's very good yeah yeah very thanks john propitiation is being neglected in the church but we we need to understand yeah that the wrath of god's been satisfied Mm -hmm. by jesus yeah and uh, for all mankind but only those who accept the blood is it actioned for them because god respects that choice but uh, and it says if we do not john three sixteen says god loves the whole world yeah and so he died for everyone but john three thirty six says those who believe in the son Sorry. they they're forgiven they Sorry. have life but yeah. those who disobey the son yeah. do not see life and the wrath of god remains upon them yeah. yes so uh this issue so of the that, wrath that of those god, two things summarize is is it was sufficient for all, but efficient for those who believe. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, I mean, we, we, it's good that we, we try. It, it, some things, I, I think, to those who are completely, you know, no Sunday school, not completely unschooled in the scriptures, it, it's a big, it's quite something to digest what we've said in the last 10 minutes. Well, I think it is, and I don't think we're really going off script here. Not because at all. We're, we're, we're looking at Jonah, but we've come to the end of the book, and, and we're now examining, you know, the culmination of this. What, what are the messages for us today? How, how, how was God able to affect it? And, and without blood, we know there can be no redemption. And, and I think this is really important, you know. Let's go back to Cain and Abel for a second, if we may, because I think this is so powerful. Um, when we think, it's easy to write Adam and Eve off, but they were still believers. They were yes. saved because they believed. Yeah. They walked with God. They didn't stop believing in him. And they would have brought up their children to be godly children. They accepted the blood. That's yes, right. of course they did. The animal was killed uh, and they were yeah, clothed. Let's, oh, got a shiver going all through me. Let's just talk about that for a moment. Yes. I, that, that first sacrifice, which is almost carried out as an aside, mm-hmm. but it's not an aside. Mm. This animal was killed. Mm. We, can, we can draw conclusions from the other scriptures what happened. Yeah. The Lord slaughtered an animal. He skinned it. It therefore was a burnt offering because it's the burnt offering that is skinned and given, and the skins are given to the priests. So here the animal was skinned and the skin was given to the, the, as it were, the, the descendants of whom are going to be priests unto God. And, and it, was the, uh, it was the first sacrifice. Who did God make the sacrifice to? He made it to himself. He couldn't do it to anything, anybody else. He made it to himself. He did, as it were, took the sins of Adam and Eve upon himself, made a sacrifice to himself. So there's also a sense in which it's a scapegoat. I mean, it's quite complex. But it's the yeah. first time God sacrifices to himself. And what's the next time? Um, Calvary. Wow. God sacrifices himself to himself. Wow. Mm doesn't happen that's, in between. In between time, it's profound. man sacrificing. Yeah. Now, just at the point where I was trying to sort, I thought, well, let, we've had a really big chunk of something. Let's try and break it down. You lob in another big chunk, awesome. which is it's awesome. awesome. And it's just a little yeah. aside in Genesis 2 or 3. That's right. 
little so aside. Powerful. But that when you powerful. think about it yeah. and bring the patterns back into what happened. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But, um, yeah, so um, for folks, uh, coming back to that sort of simple question, you know, um, how can the cross cover people? Yeah. I think we've, we, we've, we've covered that. Well, we have, and, but except I got on an aside when I was talking about Cain and Abel. I, th this, is, this is really important. I, want, I did once talk about this on God Morning, but I make no apologies yeah. for repeating it. Is that you look at Cain and Abel, who were brought up by God-fearing parents. They knew about sacrifices. They would have, they'd been taught it. They probably practiced it, but Cain... We know what he did. He bought a sacrifice of, of, of produce of the land. Was it the best of... Well, it may have been, but it may not have been, given his attitude. And Abel, of course, bought, bought um, a, a blood offering. Now, if... if and, and Cain's offering, of course, was not accepted, because you cannot approach God apart from blood. Hebrews is perfectly clear about that. Mm. And Cain tried it on. Instead of doing it the way he'd been taught, mm. God had taught Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve had taught their church. He was going to do it his way. Lots of churches like to do it their way. And so he offered a bloodless sacrifice. If he'd offered blood first, then his grain offering, it would have been accepted. Mm. But it wasn't. And, you know, a bloodless church is no different from Cain's offering. You, could, you, could, you can sing and praise and worship I mean, I, and dance, I was thinking, well, but if there's no acknowledgement of the blood, it's no different to Cain's offering. And well, I, I was going to say mm. that, that, that actually it's, it, the church is no different to the world. No. That's you know, true. It, if, right. if there isn't, if there isn't that that depth, yeah, um, in the heart of what they're doing, mm. so, very good. Well, that's how that's how we connect with the modern world. <laughs> you know, we bring the scriptures, and and here here they are. And we're trying to really open up what is in God's heart. Is is He capricious? Does does He care about suffering? Uh, yes. The cross really demonstrates both. You yes. Know, that it demonstrates that he is a God who has high standards, that he does punish sin. Yes. Because that's so serious to him, he was willing to punish his... Yes. He did not spare his own son. Yeah. But Jesus took the full punishment of our sin. So sin is not a light matter, and, no. it, and it must be punished. Mm. And he demonstrates his righteousness mm. by, by punishing himself, his, his son Jesus on the cross. But it also, of course, is a wonderful demonstration of his love, of his compassion for the human race, that he would give that which is most precious to him. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's his love. Mm -hmm. and, and really, if we're going to look at Jonah, yeah. Jonah was in touch with God's righteous anger. These Ninevites, you know, they've sinned terribly. They, they deserve it. And that's what he was feeling. But what God is t training him through this chapter is that he also needs to have God's heart of compassion. Mm. You, you have to have both. Yeah. Yes, you need to hate sin, absolutely, but you, even more, you need to have compassion for the sinner. Mm. And that's what was lacking in Jonah, and that's what God is training him, I think, in this chapter. Yeah, very good, very good. Mm. I, I think something that sort of jarred with me, uh, you know, we all hear from these so-called new atheists <coughs> um, who mock the scriptures, you know, and caricature God. Uh, and one thing I found quite profound, that they, they, they would attack Abraham sacrificing Isaac mm. as they saw it. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't sacrifice Isaac. No. 
And that's the point, and, and it's right, but I, f I always find it interesting that these folk, because there's a spirit behind it, would attack something that's so deeply and part of the Christian message. Mm -hmm. Why attack Abraham yes. and Isaac? I mean, why pick that out as the story? Yes. And distort the story, because the enemy's very clever. He distorted mm. the, uh, what God said to Adam and Eve, and, and they distorted it. In other words, uh, Abraham was just like any other, you know, from his era, you know, having bloodthirsty deities. He just he wanted you to slaughter your children. But he, it was so fundamentally different, because God intervened and said, I will yeah. provide the sacrifice. Yes, it's very interesting. Can't go on to Mount Moriah yet. <laughs> Boy, we're getting close. <laughs> we're getting close. While we're on that, it's interesting because many people who ask them would say Isaac was a type of Christ, but he couldn't have been. He was a type of Israel. He didn't know. Christ knew what he was going to. He knew what his destiny yeah. was. Yeah. The, the type of oh, Christ, there is a sense the type in of Christ the was the, ra was the, was the ram in the, th in the thicket. Yes, this, that's good. This was Israel being led up led up the hill by... That's good, but Isaac, you know, some would say, well, he was quite a strong young man and Abraham was quite frail. So yeah. Isaac carrying the wood, he oh, sort yes. of almost knew what was going on and he had the power to overpower yeah, his so father. Yes. So he did go willingly. He did, so there were some yeah, He did go willingly, there. but, he, did, but he, he didn't know what the end destiny... He didn't know no, he, he was he the sacrifice. Not. He didn't know no, that. No, it does, that's true. And, and, and uh, I, or did he? Or did he just ask? I, I think he went willingly. He went yeah. willingly. Yeah. He went willingly. And it says that he, in, he was re in typology. I mean, I, I know what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The, the, I, I would put it like this, that there are, you know, there are different angles to yeah, I think that's the way so to look at it. I agree. Definitely the so, ram yes. was a type of the substitute. Yes. Yeah, that's right. There is, in some sense, Isaac was a type of Christ yeah. Yeah. And who received the resurrection as yes. well. But yeah. um, it's, uh, it's awesome, you know, it the typology is quite three-dimensional. It, it, it is three-dimensional, yes. Yeah, so More than one, you can see it. it lots here we are, you know, in 2021, as it yeah. were, yeah. Um, grappling with this. But it goes right, so, so, so God, so man fell, sinned, rebelled, went into darkness, and God bit by bit is intervening. Jonah fits into the, mm. the whole tapestry of God revealing who he is, his nature, um, through Jonah, through Israel, leading up to, to that great uh, event at Calvary. It's, it is um, it's something we talk about quite a lot yeah. on Bible study. I'm not sure how much longer we've got. Um, I'll, I'll find just over 10 minutes. So... Um, Next week, what we'll probably do is, is a full a wrap-up of the whole, just in case you're tempted. Um, but next week, we'll do a wrap-up of the whole of Jonah. Um, but is there anything more we can get from this um, passage? And by all there's means, pick up on something yeah, else. We, there's we'll quite a lot we haven't covered. Okay, keep going. Then. Well, I'm just minutes. saying, if we, um, is it right for, you know, God says, you know, God is challenging his heart attitude. Is it right for you to be angry? Mm. Uh, and then, of course, we have some, you know, Jonah goes out to the east side of the city where, where there are hills on, the, on, on that side of the, the, the Tigris. The city Mosul, by the way, is on the yep. other side That's right. nowadays, but Jonah is on, on the other side. It's interesting that the, there's the hill of Jonah is there. And the local um, Arabs... We've never done our tours that. that far. <laughs> I don't know, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, I'm sure that it's no problem for the Oxford Bible Church congregation to to sort of wend their way no, through I, I, <laughs> through I would, the Levant, I but would, I, I'm not sure the Rev TV viewers would get that. Far. I would get lost. I must admit. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, you know, when when they were trying to find where Nineveh was, yeah. the local Arabs had no clue. Yeah. You know, they they didn't know what was mm. what there. Uh, it had been completely forgotten. Yeah. But they could tell him that mound over there. That's the hill of Jonah. Yeah. And That's somehow right. Jonah's name, Nineveh's name got forgotten, but yeah. Jonah's name, which is possibly where his tomb was. Yeah, that is quite amazing. Perhaps uh, he stayed was there. Was remembered. Oh, you've stayed there? No, 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 no. I said perhaps Jonah stayed no. there. They never That's returned. Right. Yeah. I, I think that he would have returned. I wouldn't have, have been returned. surprised if you said, oh, yes, you know, when I was in the army. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jonah may have gone back to Israel, but then, have, then he would have returned. I, yes, I think so. Yeah. And I think he had an ongoing ministry, mm. and possibly that he died there. And oh. so that's one reason why God had to deal with his heart, because God, yeah. it wasn't just about this. Yeah. He, he had, God more caused him to, do. to fall in love with the Ninevites, yeah. to, to actually minister to them on an ongoing basis. Yeah. I, I'd like to believe that's true anyway. Um, so that's why one reason why God had to, you know, if we're to be God's ambassadors, it's not just enough to give the right message. Mm. We, we need to have God's heart. Mm. And um, I think the biggest miracle in Jonah, possibly, is there's all these miracles that God does, but the biggest miracle is the repentance. Mm. The repentance of the Ninevites. Yeah. And the repentance of Jonah, I think, is yeah. implied mm. here, that God does change. That's the biggest miracle of all, that God changes our hearts. Yeah. And, and, and the third, we see repentance. That. Mentioned too. Well, there's God <laughs> repented yes. in his actions. Yeah. He, he didn't change in his nature, but he mm. did change. There's nothing wrong with God, so he can't repent in terms of his own nature, but he did change mm. his actions. Yeah. Uh, when, when we change, God will change toward us. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> if not we can't draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Yeah, God's not repenting of, of being yeah. in the wrong. No, no absolutely. Could I just, something that's come to me during this Bible study uh, while we're talking about Jonah is, is um, Stephen Fry a few years ago, he's one of the you know, great gurus of atheism, um, came out with a tirade against God. You know, how dare you, God, do this? And he doesn't believe in God, by the no, way. I know, but how yeah. dare you do this? And, you know, how dare you allow suffering? How dare you? Yeah. you and it's interesting because just after that, um, you know, Rowan Williams was in an interview and he was asked, well, what do you say to that? You know, and he said, well, I, I, hope, I hope Stephen Fry will, will wait, you know, uh, you know, and listen carefully for the answer. <laughs> he was, was asking, a which is a good, a good point. And in one sense, that's yes. the lesson of Jonah. Yes. He, he, what, did, did he really, he, uh, and by the sounds of what you're saying and the hill of Jonah, he, he did listen I to believe God's so. answer. Yeah. But it was a different attitude to the attitude of, of, of course, these atheists who, who are superior to God. Yeah. That's a very good point. Mm. They, the, he, he, some people aren't ready. They, they'll say things up against God, but they, they're not ready for an answer. Yeah. They want to have the last word. Yeah. And it's interesting, jumping to the end of the chapter, because okay. um, we haven't talked about it yet, but probably next time, but uh, God has the last word. See, when you are in pride, you like to have the last word. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the way that the book ends and the way Jonah presumably wrote it, he let God have the last word, mm. which implies to me that he did humble himself mm. and he did accept what God said. That's a good point. Rather than saying, well, but God, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and, and so the implication is the fact that he would even write chapter four is that this was a lesson he learnt from God and he's like, like a preacher might do, tell about an experience where he messed up mm. to help other people yeah. uh, who are in the same mistake, if you like, that it, it's easier to receive it when the preacher is saying, well, you know, I did this and I messed up. Mm. Mm. And it, it kind of helps the rest of Israel to realize, yes, we need to change our heart in the same way. So I do believe Jonah received um, received that correction and received the love of God for these people. And that's why he wrote chapter 4. Yeah. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. Still five minutes, so if there's any other uh, thoughts. Yeah, well, what about, this? what about, this is pure speculation, yeah. and there might be some of our viewers who have the answer to this, and we'd be grateful if they'd email oh, them in. They, they, they in. will write. They will but, write. But it's the timetable. We were chatting about it. Mm. Uh, before we came on air, and and we, I agree with Derek. I'm I'm quite sure Jonah was 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 working for forty days, preaching mm. preaching the truth, preaching the gospel. So we have this forty days, of, 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 you know, maximizing, as it were, in the whole the repentance of the whole town, the whole city, and then a little time later, not immediately, but we, we can draw from the text. We, a little time later. Jonah goes out and builds a booth or a tabernacle. Mm. Builds a, a booth, that's what, it, that's what the Hebrew word is, up on the hill, so he can watch and see what happens. We, we tie this in, and this scripture, Jonah, is read in the Day of Atonement. So have we, is it possible to say that in, in, on the Hebrew calendar, this was happening during those 40 days up to the Day of Atonement, and five days afterwards, where they go and build booths, yeah. Jonah built a booth. Yeah. Yeah. Is that possible? Or was that just wow. fancy? No. Absolutely, because the forty the Jews well, do mark forty days. Yes, you know, from the well, that, what would it be? The the sixth month, the whole of the sixth month yeah. of their year, plus the first ten days, because the Day of Atonement's on the tenth day of the seventh month. Yes. So that's forty days, and that's the time when the Jews are actually kind of repenting, preparing for preparing. the Day of Atonement, yes. because in their mind, that's when God kind of decides whether. Yes. You know whether they've, you know, it's right for them to be forgiven, as yes. it were. So it's interesting that those 40 days cor could well correspond. Yes. And it seems like they've picked up on that because they read Jonah on the Day of Atonement. They do. And that tells us that, in a way, we're not saved by our repentance. I mean, that's important. Yes. But we're saved by the blood of yes. the Lamb. That's right. And, of course, on the Day of Atonement was the great day when the great sin offering was made and the high priest would take the blood into the Holy of Holies and if he came out alive that means God had accepted the blood for the nation they were covered and in the so that's fitting it all together that's kind of telling us God forgave those Ninevites but it was on the basis of the blood yes it was on the day of atonement yes, yes. and there's a future day of atonement when all Israel will be saved I believe mm. it will be likewise that on that day of atonement, um, all Israel will, will be repentant and will be saved. But they'll be saved on the basis of the blood of Jesus. Yes, that's right. That they've accepted. Right. And so um, 
I think that, and, th and then the Feast of Tabernacles follows, yes, and yes. all the Israelites build a booth. Yes. And that's exactly what, what exactly Jonah does. What Jonah does. He's yes. celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, yes. I, I think. Yes. Yeah. And there's, some, there's something in the Feast of Tabernacles with the, the branches and the, the, the produce of, of the yes. land. Yes. Which, and there's something in this, in this final plant. few verses. Yes. yes. That the Lord, you know, he. The, the Lord is sovereign over the whole of his creation. Yes. And so here, you know, he causes the plant to grow. And, and we, even in our modern society, that, you know, modern culture, when I say we, we're collectiveness, um, there, there is a sort of over-concern for sometimes for things that aren't the most important thing. The most important thing is the soul yes. of man. Yes. And yet we do, we do have a, a bit of a distraction, and I believe that we should care for God's creation. Mm. You know, we're custodians of it. But it's as though that, you know, Mother Nature is, is the, is the, should be the complete focus rather than the heart and the soul yeah. of the people. And that's where we're at, yes. really. Yes. I hope so. Yeah. We can get distracted, can't we, on, on other things. So that's why the Lord says at the end, oh, you know, you're, you, you seem to be more concerned about the plants yes. than, than you are about the people. Yes. Wrong it's thing. interesting that he appointed four things in Jonah. He appointed the whale mm. or, or the big fish. And then he, and it's kind of all to do with, he's, so in, he's very concerned for Jonah. He, he, you know, he's yeah. very, and he raises up the, the whale. But then it says he appointed likewise this plant to grow overnight, which was probably a castor, um, a castor kind of plant, mm. but it supernaturally grew fast. Mm. And then he appointed a worm that probably ate its roots, so it died quickly. And then he appointed the, this the east wind. wind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God is, is, is that's working very in our lives, yeah. with, through all the circumstances as well, because he's, yeah. he's trying to train us, so he loves us. Wonderful. So we're, we're just in the last minute. Have you got anything else you want to add? No, I, funny enough, I haven't. All right, that's fair, that's fair enough. Well, all, all I know is we can absolutely rely on God's word. And even though those who don't even believe in God feel it necessary continually to ridicule God's actions and the great characters of Scripture, I believe we've got a truthful record. And it's just such a privilege. Many thanks to all those who have conveyed the Scriptures to us. And we'll see you next week for a wrapping up of Jonah. Thank you very much.